Good morning, party people. How you doing, Soper and Brown? It's uh, some extra podcasts for you over the Christmas break. We're off uh, until January 3rd, but just wanted to, to throw a couple your way. And uh, just again, say thanks for for a really wild 2022. And, you know, I feel like it's cliche to be like, wow, it was amazing. And wow, it was crazy. <laughs> but seriously, the last three years yeah. of, of us doing this show, it, it is it is just there, I don't I don't think there's another show that can that well, can yeah, <laughs> I mean, to, can look at the the way that we've done that we can look at and go, hey, how did you handle that? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a unique thing to arrive when we did in and, and start when we did, you know, February of 2020. Um, and then, you know, the the changes in in radio, in the world, in how we had to operate um, in, in just how this whole business works in, in the matter of, you know, three years is, is incredible. We do, uh, we do one show, one, our first year, you're at home within five weeks of us getting the job. Yeah. You're working from home. Yeah. We started the Tuesday after family day and then I was and home you do by it straight across the 18th of March, 19th of March, something like that. Yeah. And, and you, was, and was there until the beginning of October 21. Yeah. So you go through 2020 at home. Yeah. I break my legs somewhere in there. That was Thanksgiving 2020. Yeah, 2021, you're you're at home for most of it and then you get back in the office in October while I'm in surgery Getting for a hernia thing. Your hernia done. Yeah, I did the first show back in studio <laughs> so with Adam. You're back in. Yep. And so 2021 was like mostly at home, some in the office, and then 2022 was our first full in office. Yeah, this is our first Every really Every year's been different. <laughs> full year where we just were in the same studio together doing a radio show every morning and uh I think it reflected it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was, was certainly our best year. It was just wild. Yeah. It, to think about the 3 years mm-hmm. and and we say it all the time on air and I, I say it all the time when I'm chatting with people. It both it, it feels both like it's been 17 years yes. and 2 weeks. Like at the same time, yeah. When you when you're in the when we're in the mud, mm-hmm. it was like, holy, are we ever going to get out of it? To kind of look back on it now, I, I'm like, whoa, how did that fly by it's, like that? It's such a blur because there was no there was no markers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like usually there's there's markers. There's things like you can mark a Christmas, you can mark a birthday, you can mark a uh, maybe it was a sports event, whatever it was. But that whole eighteen nineteen months flowed together weirdly because things were out of place too. Like you had Stanley Cup playoffs taking place in the summer. It didn't yeah. end in June like it normally does. The school years were different for you and yeah, the kids. Like there, there was no there's no like you know, you'd know. Oh, I took a vacation in like May of that year, or I went there, or I did something. We didn't do anything. We were just yeah. around, right? Right? So, so there's weird. without any uh, like mental markers for yourself, I think as a human, it's really tough to track that time, which is why it feels like a blur. But also it was forever. Yeah. And also it's, I guess, done now. And yeah. <laughs> we're here. I mean, there were so many times of like, oh, I figured, you know, this will be when we get back. This will be when we get back. And then it just didn't happen. It's over and over again. Didn't happen. Well, again, I, they initially told us three weeks. You yeah. left in March, like don't worry, April sixth. Remember yeah. that was the yeah, date. Yeah, that was that they was gave it, us April yeah. sixth. You'll be back East, in studio. Easter, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for sure by uh, Canada Day, twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> I remember when we crossed Labor Day in twenty one, and they still hadn't given us the green light to come back in. Give me the green light. I just about put my hand through the door of my guest room. Yeah. I just about did. My frustration had boiled at that point to the like. You just don't want us to do a radio show. It's funny. Like, I was actually I was angry at that point. I, I remember was no longer accepting it. 
yesterday I was getting uh, some best of clips in, which you're going to hear on, on Hits FM over the next few weeks for our show. And one of the clips that I was uh, working and, and was going to put in there, it, uh, it, it was some, you, were in, you were back in your guest room, mm-hmm. and we were talking about some story. I don't remember. But in, at the end of it, I say, don't worry. You'll probably be back in studio by, like, 2022, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed because I was like, oh, my God. It we, ended up being really close. It was really yeah, close. It was like, yeah, it was October 1st. We got back in. It was insane, man. It's insane. But we've, uh, we've been through it, and it feels like we've been through it with, with his nation, with our listeners. Oh, it feels like everybody. we've all kind of gone through something yeah. together. And I think it's bonded us kind of uniquely because of the way we worked through it. I mean, hell, you and I both got COVID in May. We, yeah. brought, we broadcasted the whole week. Yeah. We didn't take time off. No time off at all. No, you went home. I went home. John went in the studio. Yeah. And we, you know, ragtagged together with, you know, duct tape and some used gum and put a show together and (laughs) kept trying to keep it together as much as we could for the week of. (laughs) You know, it's uh, the show goes on no matter what. So for this podcast, what I was thinking that we could do is I could interview you. (laughs) I I really enjoy doing interviews. You do. I enjoy diving in and. You're less, that's less than what you enjoy. My curiosity fails me. Yeah. But I think Hits Nation would love to learn a little bit more about a you. Soper on Brown. That's right. That's what I'll call this one. That's right. Well, we know you grew up in, in British Columbia, yep. Langley, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there is a huge chunk of the listening audience that don't even know what Langley is. <laughs> it's, um... It's not that different from St. Catharines, really. Yeah. It's it's got a number of cities that are close to it that are all kind of bedroom communities for Vancouver. It's, bigger though. Yeah, a little right. bigger. It's um it's, you know, fifteen minutes from the US border, much like St. Catharines is, uh, except you're crossing over into, you know, Washington State instead of New York State. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not that it's not that dissimilar in a lot of ways. There's a lot of the ways in which is more insane though. Uh, it is now, but I mean, it's growing up. Oh, it's true. the same way too. I'm yeah. sure for St. Catharines, yeah. But I've spent my yeah my whole life until I was 22. Yep. You know what's funny is I, obviously I was in British Columbia as well. Langley is not a spot I frequented growing up all no. that much, but I have so many friends. Who moved to Langley? Yeah, and like bought a house well, there or it was renting kind of, there. As or... like you know, Vancouver is obviously the hub, and then you have you know, Coquitlam and Burnaby and all those areas around it where people you know started to move to. But then when those became unaffordable, you start going out to that next layer, and Langley's kind of that last stop before you get out to where it gets a little a little nuts and like Abbotsford, Chilliwack, and then and then you're out into the Fraser Valley, Mission, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, right? Langley's kind of your last bastion of. Uh, you're still in like you still have all your amenities and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Abbotsford's not bad, but Langley's kind of your last stop there. So you live, uh, grow up, obviously living with your parents. Uh, you didn't have a sister until you were ten years old. Yep, Lana. Yeah, Lana had a ten year difference. Yeah, and you immediately became a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Instantly. And, and do you, do you feel like that changed? Like that that played a huge part in your relationship with your your sister? Uh, I think I think it, I I like have you heard maybe differently than some people see their brother and sister. You have you have a sister. I said a three years difference. A three year difference. So there was never any of the um competition mm-hmm. of like either for attention or for uh for anything really. So it's definitely different. Like we never we never fought. Mm-hmm. I've never had a fight with my sister. So you that, said that's to me different. before you almost feel like an uncle sometimes. A little bit and that like I I was an active part of raising her. Yeah. So I look at her and when I see her accomplish things or when I see her um, do great stuff or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud almost like a, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm proud. Like maybe that's just how brothers and sisters feel. But I just yeah. I feel like I'm proud, almost like a parent. Yeah. Or a, an uncle, I guess, or yeah. just a very much older brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does that shape your relationship now? Like, um. Well, we still like we we talk we talk pretty frequently. We keep up with each other. Um, it's it's interesting now because I've been uh, I've been gone for so much of her growing up. Right, like by the time I'm, you know, I'm out of the house at twenty, and she's ten. Uh, so I'm you know living on my own, working, yeah. doing my own thing. I moved to Squamish, so I moved ninety minutes away uh, when I'm twenty two, and she's still in elementary school. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So a lot of those things that she went through, and I, and I would travel back, and I would see you know, her graduations, her plays, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and she did theater and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, it's still back. harder to connect, yeah, right? Of course 22 it is, yeah. and 12 is hard to connect. But it's it's better it's better now. Mm-hmm. She's she's married. She owns a home. You know, I'm married. We own a home. Like it's mm-hmm. We're now in that level where it's almost like when you get to a certain level with your parents where you become more peers than... Than, than parents. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's it's easier to connect now because it feels like we're both on the same playing field and we're dealing with the same stuff in your day-to-day. Wrestling, obviously, mm-hmm. is a massive part of... I, I say this, I know that you'll somewhat just... It's, but it is a massive part of your identity. Huge. It, 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 yeah. is, it is a huge part of what you do in mm-hmm. your day-to-day, whether it be consuming, whether it be collecting, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be chatting about it, reading about it, mm-hmm. wrestling is... Is it fair to say it's your favorite thing? It's my, it's my favorite pastime. Yeah. It's my favorite hobby. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Like That is fair to say. Yep. And you consume it... You consume so much of it and so many different forms of it, right? Yeah. Like, there's WWE fans who sure. I think who like anybody who doesn't watch wrestling probably only thinks about WWE. Yeah, it's just stuff right? that's on my TV twice a week or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, been there forever. But then AEW is very new, and you've gotten very into that. Yep. New Japan wrestling is something that is near and dear to your heart. Very much. But I think that uh, you know a local person who doesn't watch wrestling probably has no idea sure. that's even a thing. Well, it's because like, a lot of people um, like it goes like wrestling's a they call it like, it's cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. It goes with booms and busts. So. You, there's people who, um, you know, caught on. Like I remember growing up, and nobody watched wrestling because by the time I got into like school, elementary school and stuff, was in that that early to mid '90s kind of drag where you know Hogan left and you know you know Brett came up. I was still watching, of course, as much as I humanly could, but nobody else was. And you get you know bullied, and you're the you know you're fat wrestling fan. <laughs> it's, it's you know that's not the easiest card to pull. Yeah. Um, but did then, that make you want to stop? No. Did, at any point, no. somebody calls you the stupid fat wrestling fan at eight years old. No, I didn't give a shit. No. No, I didn't stop at all. Nice. <laughs> I never stopped at all. Yeah. Good. No. Good. But I just yeah. wondered if that if, if at any point did the bullying no. make you think I shouldn't do this, or did it make you dig like dig your heels in harder? Probably dig in. Yeah. Harder. Yeah. Which know. is very you. Yeah. You know me when people. Yeah. It's, you. Yeah. It's very much. But the, I wondered the if term. that was different when you were younger. No. It never wavered at all, and then you get to high school, and the high school is the boom years, right? It's the '98, '99, it's the Attitude Austin, Era. It's the rock. stuff that people still send me gifts of on Instagram and stuff like that right now. Go, oh man, it was so much better back then. You ever watch that old stuff, man? Yeah, hold up that well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then you get to a point where you know there's a lot of stuff that WWE still puts out that I go, oh man, like it makes me groan. 
And wrestling can be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put out some shit. Yeah. So, and, and all companies do. Um, so it's about going out and finding different stuff. And that's kind of where the New Japan stuff comes in. That's where the reason I'm so into AEW is I've watched a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's R-O-H. Kenny Omega, the Bucks, yeah, Ring of Honor. All these guys uh, come up through different organizations, own their craft, and now they're on a national platform. And so obviously I gravitate over towards, towards that because I've got an attachment to these guys. And how how did you get into it? Like, what what where was the start, and why was it wrestling? Like for me, <laughs> uh, being a big uh, NFL fan, mm-hmm. I know it was directly because my dad was such a huge fan. Sure. So I'm watching him watch it, yeah. and I want to be like him. So that's that's how I get into it. Yeah, it's, w- was it like that for wrestling? I don't imagine it was. No, like that. it wasn't. I had I had no like a lot of people. You hear their stories, like oh, my grandma watched it on Saturdays, yeah. and I'd sit at her feet while she watched it, and we had to flip the TV with it. Yeah, it's a classic story. No. I have no one in my family who is into it whatsoever. Then how? My uh, uh, my dad's uh, friend Russell. He's uh, Unky Russ. Ru- Russell Russell. Yeah, you know Russ. He, yeah. he was at my. He was at my oh, wedding. Oh yes, ball hockey. Yes. Uh, yeah, with right. Yeah, the flannel, uh, <laughs> the work boots. Uh, so he, when I was very young, uh, brought me one of the the big the, the eight inch the LJN the rubber WWF wrestling toys. Mm-hmm. He brought me a, a Jimmy Snuka wrestling toy. And it was just like my favorite toy. And so my family got me a couple more of them. And this is early, you know, I'm born in 85. The figure line started in 84. I fell in love through the the toys. And then eventually, I guess, like, I don't have memories of not being a wrestling fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like a point where I go, oh, when I was four, I saw this angle and that's what started me in. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there is just been a wrestling. Fan. There's a picture of us camping at, uh, we're, we're in Harrison, uh, a spot in BC, very yeah. popular camping spot in BC. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm two years old and I'm holding a pro wrestling illustrated upside down in my camping <laughs> chair. Yeah. I'm holding it upside down. Like you, you can't, you hand kids, kids books, you know, Bernstein bears and whatever, Dr. Seuss and stuff like that. I was looking at inside wrestling in the after magazines. Yeah, I was that was that was how I I learned to read God, through you're it. So old, yeah. Like I just I, there was <laughs> you no were so old. I had no dude. I just had no appreciation for any of that stuff. It seemed like oh, didn't you watch like this Nickelodeon show or you watch this? And, no, no. They just I put didn't. wrestling on and put you in front of the TV. Like, yeah, at three, like so, four years old. Yeah, absolutely. I would sit there like for a three hour block every Saturday. And uh, we would get uh, All Star Wrestling out of Vancouver. A guy named Al Tomko ran it. And I would get the uh, the relaunch of Stampede Wrestling. Uh, this would be like the Brian Pillman, Bruce Hart, Owen Hart years. Uh, this is after Brett and Jim Neidhart and Davey Boy Smith and sure. the British Bulldog. All those guys yeah. left and went to WWE and they closed it down. So the relaunch of that, which is probably like 87, 88-ish. And then I would get the one hour of either, it was either Maple Leaf Wrestling or Superstars or um, whatever it was. Anyway, you got three the hours three, A three-hour block from 12 to twelve to three or one to four, whatever it was, on, on BCTV, uh, which is like one of the three or four channels that we had. And, uh, and that's what I would do. I would look forward to that. Every week, and I'd be in that position every single week. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were at the time we were so broke that we, when I'd go to rent wrestling tapes, and again, like I'd go to the video store. I didn't rent Disney movies. I didn't rent. I would rent wrestling tapes. I was go to the wrestling shelf, and if the store had six things, I was just renting two at a time yeah. until I'd burned through those multiple times. Eventually, they just gave them to me. Oh, so, really? Some of the VHSs <laughs> I have still in my collection are from stores, you know, like Brookswood Video. I just said, God's sakes, just fucking take it. <laughs> You're the only person who's rented it. You've rented it 13 times. Just 
take it. We've recouped the cost. Did but you're... we had to, we had to rent a VCR back in the day. That's how oh, old I really? am. You guys didn't even have one? No. No way. We had to rent a VCR. What did that cost, I wonder? I can't remember. Did you guys have, uh, at, at our local video store, ours was called Phase 2. Yep. Uh, did you guys have the gumball machine? We had we had a gumball machine and then it had black gumballs. If you got that, was a free rental. That was a free rental. Yeah, you yeah, guys that, have that. That existed for sure at uh, either at either at Brookswood or I think even the Blockbuster had it. We had Brookswood Video, uh, which became a Blockbuster. Then we had a Rogers Video downtown. There were a couple others. And one of the things that I did later as I got into my teens and stuff, as the video store started to started to close and started mm-hmm. to get taken over, I would go in there as they're as in there going out of business. I would contact them ahead of time and say, can I please have first crack at your wrestling VHS tapes? Because there was no WWE Network, and there wasn't like you could just go to HMV and find tapes of, you know, WrestleMania 5 or what, yeah. whatever it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would try and find video stores that were going out of business Incredible. and go in there and try and build my collection off that. So I had a library of stuff to watch. Did you ever want to be a wrestler? Like, did, was that ever a thought? Like, this is what I want to do. Interestingly, no. Never once? No. Really? I never thought about it. It surprises me that not at some point you're like, I love this. I've fallen in love with the way it is, nope. the storytelling. That nope. You just, was it, is it because you knew your limitations or you just, it, you wanted to just enjoy it? I think the limitations is part of it. Yeah. Uh, the other part of it is I was, uh, I was, I wanted to be Jim Ross. Oh, you wanted to be an announcer? I wanted to be a broadcaster. <laughs> I wanted to do this. For wrestling? Yeah. Then why? How did that not ever come to be? Because you never well, even tried it, have you? The, the path is not exactly obvious to becoming a broadcaster yeah. in professional wrestling. Yeah. yeah, it's like trying to get a radio job when you don't have a radio job. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those kind of things. But there's ways. And there is you know, ways. You put boots to the ground. I'm sure you yeah. could have done it. But the scene growing up in Vancouver was different too. Like yeah. growing up at that time, and by the age that I wanted to get into things, you know, once you're out of high school and you want to maybe start like chipping in, there there was little to no scene. In Vancouver, mm. you know, ECCW, that was the one company there was like, they kind of had their thing, but they're kind of shady. There was other groups like the the scene, the, the indie scene in Vancouver at that time is stronger now. It's better now. But there were years where it was, it was dry. Mm. It was really Would you want to do it now? No, not no. now. No, I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. I don't think, and this has become a thing, you and I talk about this all the time, how people's, um, people's passions have to become this thing that you monetize. Yeah. And I don't think I could see maybe having a podcast at yeah. some point if it was you and I or even even Chelsea and I because Chelsea watches a lot with me and I think her perspective is interesting as somebody who's not as yeah um, uh, you know born in the wool wrestling mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not as much into monetizing your hobbies. I think you should have your work. I think you should have your passion, what you do, and then I think you should have stuff and it's like that you don't always have to look at having a having a. A, a way to make it monetized. So there's no part of you that like no that in. wants to get into the actual business business and yeah. call it, no 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 there's not. I don't think I actually it, you know and it's maybe it's the realist in me, but I don't think um you you know that I cannot manufacture excitement. Yeah, you're not faking it. No. Yeah. So trying to <laughs> trying to dig down yeah, and find fair. the find that little bit like I'm certainly more of a color guy yeah. than the uh than the play-by-play guy. But even the color guy has to have some has pop to, to him, right? He has to bring it up yeah. and I don't think I'm part of that presentation. Yeah. And I don't necessarily love how the job is done all the time with how much you don't just get, it's not like you just get to call the stuff in the ring. You're, you're constantly somebody in your ear and you're yeah. calling it's, you know, tickets are on sale for this and it's that and it's that and it's that. 
So you just yeah. respect the guys who do it and just and, enjoy yeah, it. they do it great, and I enjoy it. And if it was something where we, you know, you and I sat down and did something like this once a week, so yeah, maybe maybe that's the route. Yeah, uh, to talk about but it. But that dream of being Jim Ross, or or that no. thought of being Jim Ross. No, no, uh, no, it has no pull anymore. It's funny because when I'm I, happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I wanted to be a broadcaster. Yeah, whether it was wrestling, whether it was hockey, I always thought I wanted to get into sports radio. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in sports radio anymore. Well, when I got into uh, broadcasting college, it was tw- uh, 2009 was when I started my broadcasting college yep. uh, classes. I actually got into it because I wanted to do hockey play-by-play mm-hmm. and mixed martial arts play-by-play. Play-by-play, yeah. I remember when you sit down in your <laughs> first class. <laughs> you want to be the Joe Rogan, the John, yeah, the John Anik. Well, the, well not yeah, that, the, the John Anik or the Mike Goldberg, yeah, really. Right? Gold, yeah, Goldie, yeah, Yeah, sure. I'd be one, not the color guy, I'd be the, the, uh-huh. the main guy. Um, you think of where MMA was and how frontline it was, it was at that so time? It was so huge. Yep. And I remember the first class, I sat down, and they say, what do you want to do? And someone said, I want to do mornings at Seafox. I want to do yeah. mornings at the beat. Or I want to sure. go to Toronto and do this. Yep. And I said in that class, I want to do mixed martial arts play-by-play. Mm-hmm. And that was what I initially wanted to do. Yeah. Now I realize it was very hard to get into. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, such it did, a narrow field. It's like eight guys in the world who make a living doing that. You know but what I mean? But I did do a few. Like I tried, uh-huh. and I did put boots on the ground. Now, I had the internet to go off of. Mm-hmm. When you were younger, you didn't have the internet to go <laughs> no, off I of. Because I was already in my 20s at this point when yeah. I started to really go for it. But uh, I realized, yeah, like it's. I really enjoy watching mixed martial arts. And yep. as you kind of said... I didn't really want it to be my job. No. I tried hockey play-by-play. That is very fun, but I'll be straight honest with you. There is no money in that. No. I did it for three years, and you are Mm -hmm. making nothing. Yeah. You're getting on the bus to go from X to Y, and it's like an 11-hour bus trip. You know, you're you're doing radio broadcasts in junior C hockey where you know four people are listening. I and mean, it's parents. Might, it might be an online stream. Yeah. You know, a couple it, season ticket holders, that kind of stuff. And the, and we know guys here that, that do it. Yeah. yeah. We, we talk to guys all the time that are coming through Brock or that are uh, maybe interning with uh, 610. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. And, and and it lets you cut your teeth. Where I was, I was in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, British yeah. Columbia mountain towns. Yeah. And I was, and it was, again, it was really, really fun, but I was staring down the barrel of like, I had a kid at that mm-hmm. point, right? Yep. And it was like, well, I can go full into this and make 22 grand a year yeah. and try to eventually do play-by-play for the Canucks, <laughs> yeah. maybe, sure. but the guy who does it now, he did the exact same route that I did. Brandon Bachelor? Ba- yeah, Brandon yeah. Bachelor. Bachelor's he, good. He was in, so I did, I did play-by-play for the BCHL. The Prince George Spruce Kings. Mm-hmm. He was doing it for, I want to say, the Coquitlam Express, I think. Yeah, Express or Surrey. E- either either way. One of the two, He yeah. was doing it in that league as well. Yeah. And he stuck in, mm-hmm. and he is now doing play-by-play for the Vancouver Canucks. For the radio broadcast, yeah. And it's pretty incredible. Yep. So it's possible. It is possible. But I looked and went, am I willing to sacrifice as much of this? Because I was doing that and also what we're doing now yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And I realized mm, I enjoy that more. Yeah. It was one of those things. I, I always wanted to be in broadcasting some way, shape, or form. And, uh, I mean, now we're in it, and I'm happy where we are. So you didn't go to broadcasting college, though. No. How you got into it is incredibly interesting. Yeah. And I want, I want the story from you, but let's give a shout-out to Rob Michaels out the gate. Yeah. yeah this uh, this whole thing uh, is not possible without uh, our buddy Rob Michaels, How'd who you get into still it? works uh, in radio and is a, a dear friend. Um, so in 2007... I'm 22, and I was working uh, as an assistant manager at White Spot in Langley. That's it. There's no radio stuff going on. 
and uh, they offered me a transfer to Squamish, British Columbia, which is a little town about 45 minutes north of Vancouver and about 35 minutes south of Whistler. It's the middle point if you're driving from Vancouver to Whistler, which is like, you know, North America's largest ski resort, whatever. Everybody knows where Whistler is. Everybody knows where Vancouver is, but there's a stopping point in the middle. So I move up there in 07. um, And in the back of my head, I wonder, I I didn't know for sure, but I wondered if there was a small radio station. Yeah. And I I just wanted to, I was just sitting at home being... I was spinning tires. Like I was, I was drinking too much. I was in a shitty living situation. I just had to do something. Yeah. So, so you moved. I, yeah. So I just moved. I knew nobody there. Uh, took a chance entirely. Uh, I worked at the restaurant for. Um, I ended up working there for geez, oh uh, seven through twenty twelve. I did five full years there as the assistant GM. And at one point, about a year in, I got together with a couple of the people who worked there and joined up and did some theater, did some local theater. And uh, Rob was the morning show host at Mountain FM where uh, you and I would eventually meet. And I mentioned to him at one of our, it wasn't even like a cast party, it's just like a, after a rehearsal or something, we're having beers at our buddy Brian Eckersley's house on his mm-hmm. back patio. Yep. And uh, I said to Rob, uh, you know, I sure would like to you know, give radio a try. And uh, he just said uh, we had we had a guy, uh, uh, another mutual, uh, Mike Hewitt, who was yeah. leaving that summer to go work a theater thing in, in the Okanagan. And so for two months, their Sunday night show from 6 to 10 was, was open. It was a uh, recorded show. So somebody else, one of their talent, did the voice breaks. They just had to have somebody there because that highway is so vital between Vancouver and Whistler. Somebody has to be there to answer the phones, uh, to talk to either the RCMP uh, the highway maintenance and and read the traffic and weather, and and at that station they do it every fifteen minutes. Every fifteen minutes, and so that's what I did from six to ten. I would work at the restaurant in the mornings, and then I would go to the radio station and work from six to ten. At that point, I didn't even have a car in Squamish, so I'd walk there, uh, and I would do that for I think it was for ten bucks an hour, and I did it for part time work um, for four years. I went in once and watched Rob do an hour of the morning show to show me how the board worked. Yeah. That was it. And I just, sat, I just sat there in that little room and did traffic and weather every Sunday night. And, I, it, and that's it. I love this story, too, because, you know, you're sitting there going, oh, man, I'd love to give this a, a crack. And Rob's sitting there going, not thinking about big picture, probably thinking, fuck, we have a spot open on Sundays who I bet nobody's <laughs> yeah. moving here for. No, There's I mean, no this, way anybody's moving no, here for this. No, th- this is a recorded show. Like, it's you need someone just local who yeah. can show up on time. And in his head, he's probably thinking, Great, I got this sucker who's going to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, no, he's a nice guy. I'm sure you didn't oh, yeah, think about no. it like that. But, but I'm sure he's thinking to himself. And he knew me through the theater thing and through the yeah. restaurant because Rob would come in all the time and stuff. But, but he's yeah. probably thinking, oh my God, yeah. I didn't think we'd ever find anybody. Like, and here's a local he just guy. fell just... into my lap. Okay. So they moved from that station, which was downtown, into this brand new station in uh, just before the Olympics, around 2010. And I started picking up more. I was working Fridays 3 to 10, but same thing, just doing roads and weather. Sunday, 6 to 10. I work every stat holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the worst job in the world when you were to be a restaurant manager and a radio part-timer during the holidays. Yeah. You do nothing yeah. but work. So when we you know, come in here on a, on a day and do these, I value these time off uh, more than anything. Because I spent so many Christmas nights driving home by myself from Langley to Squamish through God knows what weather, wondering what the fuck am I doing yeah. so I could get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and go into the station, work 6 to 12, and then speed over to the restaurant and work from 12 until 10 on Boxing Day. Like, it was just, it, it, I, I have no idea 
how or why I did it. And I did the part-time and the restaurant thing for four years. Mm -hmm. Four years of this. It was insane. That is wild to think. It was four years of part-time stuff with just your toe barely in the door. Yeah. And you're almost gone. You're here. You're there. You're whatever. And like you're just hanging on by a thread. Nobody sees you. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what you do. And then eventually, uh, in 2012, I'd come to like an ultimatum with my boss at the restaurant. He just said, you know, fuck your radio career. You, you're you're working Sunday nights, and we're done with this shit. Yeah. And um, uh, at the same time, our promotions manager was leaving, so I took a significant, significant uh, <laughs> haircut in yeah, terms of what in terms of the money I made. We've and 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 got and we've talked about it before. And yeah. Got the promo job. It, it, it's it was one of those things, and, and you yeah you can go back and hear these on other podcasts. But I remember because that I just got the job mm -hmm. there, and our you boss just started in May. Yeah, our yeah. boss wanted to give that promotion manager job to, to somebody else. Yeah, somebody like else. was gonna hand it to him. Mm -hmm. And then we did you wanted to apply and you and I had talked a little, a little bit, bit and then you came in for the interview and you killed it. You yeah. were like professional, you were uh, which isn't surprising at all. You were, <laughs> you know, on time. This and the other guy was like nothing. And I remember emailing you mm -hmm. and being like this uh, the, Joe wants to give it to this other guy. Yeah, like keep going because mm -hmm. I want you to have this. Like yeah. you deserve this. Yeah, and and luckily Joe came to his senses. And he was the first guy I called when you and I got this job. Yeah, yeah, he everybody, was. Yeah, everybody. Joe Polito, who's yeah. our station manager in Squamish at Mount Ephemera. He has time. no idea how wild of a party play because I had to fight for this. I had to fight for the job that I got there. Yeah, he almost didn't want to give it to me because uh -huh. he was so stuck on somebody having more experience. And then you had to fight for your position, and yeah. then the rest is kind of history. Yeah, so that, that's... he's like the godfather of getting the Soap and Brown show together. <laughs> yeah. I talked to him a couple months ago too. He's still doing good. He's that's still wild. doing still doing radio sales that's in BC. Wild. Yeah. So then, yeah, you and I end up working together for a bit, and yeah. um, you know, we go our separate ways. You you went to the to Vancouver Island for a couple of years, and I stuck around at Mountain until September of 2015. And then Squamish was getting so expensive at the time, and Chelsea's working two jobs to support my radio habit, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I left there and moved to sales, and I wasn't on air for four and a half years. Yeah. I moved to the sales department um, and sold radio. You had ads. to get by, right? I had to get by, man. We had to live. Yeah. So from twenty September twenty fifteen through August twenty nineteen, I uh, I did uh, radio sales, sold advertising and digital advertising. Um, you know, wrote commercials, did a whole other side of the business for four full years. But again, just to keep my foot yeah. somehow in the business and you never know what comes up. And then summer 2019, of course, uh, you and I had conversations about <laughs> summer where you were previously working. We, had, we, you actually kind of interviewed for, yeah, I did. We almost had a show at a different radio station. Before you got pulled in here yeah. to, uh, to Hits FM where you were currently working, um, there was some discussion at least. Um, about, about me joining there. you there, and uh, they decided that was not the direction they wanted to yeah. go, and then you got recruited elsewhere, and then I quit sales and went to sell beer, <laughs> and then Labor Day weekend 2019, you called me as uh, I was preparing to start a new job on that Tuesday yeah. uh, and said, hey, this thing might not be over yet. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's just, it's, it was like a movie scenario. It was. It was. We'll write, a, we'll write a book one day, but I swear to God, dude, it's incredible. After the other radio station turned you down, we had a conversation where we went, That's it. I guess it's dead. That's we it. tried so long, but I guess the and dream it's is in dead. In like July of 2019, I remember we talked and said, well, 
Yeah, we tried a hundred different times and just never worked out. And then our boss at the who eventually hired us here. Yeah. He brought your name up and said, "You know, I actually kind of like that guy." <laughs> and I went, "Ooh, a lifeline." Yeah, just and a just a hint, right? Shout out to my wife Chelsea mm-hmm. because I when I left Mountain FM, our original job, yeah. I grabbed a bunch of our old brakes and I put them on a jump drive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just in case. Just and I remember I did it like two nights before I left. Yeah. It's like just in case I want to have audio of you and I. Yeah. And if I didn't do that, I don't know if this Who happens. Knows? Yeah. And that right? was yeah. Because so that was something you did back in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Because we only worked together about fifteen months yeah. like on air. But I was like, this feels like the way to go. And then yeah. our boss said, um, do you have any audio of you guys? And I went, <laughs> I do. Oh my god! All this planning and somewhere. all this neurotic stuff that I do is paying off. Somewhere on a thumb drive. I'm in a grocery store. Yeah. I'm in a Loblaws, and uh, and I and he te- he asked me, "Can you get me audio of you and Carl?" Mm-hmm. And I call up Chelsea and I say, "I remember the jump drive is silver, mm-hmm. and I remember it's silver and black. Probably I don't know where. In some drawer somewhere. I need you to tear apart the house and find mm-hmm. it for me." And she spent 15 minutes, found it. Mm-hmm. Uploaded the audio, emailed it to me yeah. in a Google Drive. I email it to Craig, and the rest is history. Yeah, but it's it's that it's mm-hmm. things like that. Those little it's, it's and bits and pieces. You staying in yeah. sales, yeah, right. Me getting that audio, him giving that little lifeline. Yeah. Chelsea tearing apart the house to get me audio. I'm emailing him in a grocery store. You're doing um uh uh what is it what's it called? In, uh, not interviews. Um. Uh, uh, the beer sales thing? No, no, the, no. Uh, like when, when a boss talks to you about the job. Oh, oh, it's, it's, like, a, it's like an introductory kind of thing. No, really, no, no. Uh, no like before or... you have the job. Oh. Uh, what's, what's that called? Is it called an interview? Maybe it is called an interview. interview. Yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think. I have another word on the tip of my tongue here. <laughs> that can't come to it? Yeah, like when you're trying to get the job. What's that called? Is it an interview? Yeah, I think it's an interview, bud. I don't know why I have a different word on the top, tip of my tongue. <laughs> Either way, you're doing that while you're in like Belgium. Like you're talking yes. to people. You I, don't was even respo- have to- I was responding to emails. Chelsea and I went to Europe for our uh, fifth anniversary. I think I was looking for job interview. Okay. I think I was just trying to put the word job in front. I was like, there's another word. Maybe it's just job. And, yeah, way- and I was responding to like questions and yeah. emails and stuff while I was in, in, in France and Belgium on that trip. But that's how this show happened. Yeah. Is it's the weirdest. That's most- why when people ask us, like, like we get asked, you know, how do you how do you get into radio? That. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That's the. That's how you fucking get yeah. in. Yeah. Like, is are you willing to do that? Are you willing to you know work a sixty hour restaurant job to support you working eleven hours a week reading traffic and weather? Are you willing to move to Prince George or yeah. Castlegar with a with a newborn you know sleeping in a laundry hamper because you can't afford a crib? That was it. Do you want to do that? <laughs> if there's if we ever yeah. steer, if we ever steer you sideways when you ask us this and how you get in and say uh, you might want to look at other avenues, it's because that many things had to go right. Yeah. For us to get here, you need a wild amount of luck as well. Oh, you God, obviously need insane. talent. Yeah, 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 you do. But my God, the brakes that have to go right, yeah, even, and the amount of hard work that you have to have for those brakes yeah. to go right is just fucking insane. Even my first radio job, I I started as like working promotions, yeah, where I was just doing all the events, and I was the guy under the tent handing the, things the out. The street team stuff, yeah. yeah. If you see hits FM at any of these things, or born and raised, or whatever, the guys are set up the Jenga yeah. for you, handed you, you know, uh, an Adam and Joey sunglasses or a beer koozie. So Matt did that. I'm doing that in Vancouver, and I remember thinking, I'm going to broadcast in college at the same time, and I went to our boss at the time, and I said, I want in. I want to do something. Is there any other hours you can give me so I can get more experience? And they said, well, on Wednesdays, we need somebody to wash the cars and clean out the promo closet from when the weekend is really busy. I'll do it. Great. And I was like, uh, I will do it. And so 
I missed every Wednesday class for the final two months of my to show up to at, show up and do this job at Ash Street in Vancouver and, and clean out the closets. Wouldn't you know it? The guy who is the boss at that Vancouver radio station, yeah, he's Australian. I end up I apply or I send my audio demo to a guy in Castlegar, British Columbia. I don't know he is Australian. Mm-hmm. I send it to him. And wouldn't you know it, the guy I'm currently working for and the guy I just sent my audio to, well, they used to work together in Australia. Boom. I had no fucking clue. And somehow that connection lands you a gig. He goes, Ronnie Stanton. Okay. Well, what do you think about this guy? Mm-hmm. Well, the kid works really hard. He's in washing our cars right now. Well, you should talk to him. I start talking to him. Bam. Yeah. That, like, it's that. Yeah. It's... Th- it's that many things that have to go right. I don't even know if you and I are together if that doesn't happen because no. I probably get a job somewhere no. else, which we may, maybe doesn't. We lead may me to we squash. may never we may never even meet. That's what I mean. And here but we are. It's because two Australian <laughs> dudes yeah, who exported to Canada, yeah. you know, knew each other, there, and that's how it all starts. There will be bananas. There will be times, and we'll probably have a couple of them tonight as we're heading into the holiday rock show. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. Um, there will be times, and we were backstage. What was that taste? That taste for hospice thing we, yeah, that we emceed right. over the summer, right? Yeah, and we're backstage, and the trues are playing, and they're waiting for us to come up and either close the show or emcee or do something, and uh, or it was it was Dwayne Gretzky was up there yeah, too, yeah. and did that show. And I was standing there. We're in this winery in St. Catharines, and it's just this full moon out there, and we had like beers in our hands and notes, and I just like for a moment, I just like stood there and looked around. And I, Fuck me. Like how <laughs> all the things that so went weird. wrong, all the things that went right, and all the shit, and now here we are. Right? And it's just insane. And we still had to do it in this COVID weird thing where we yeah, were together. That's the thing. It's like even when you fight, it feels like you finally crossed the finish line. It's no. like, oh, no. Oh, no, my friend. You got, you got miles to go. It is wild. You got to run a whole nother marathon. So <laughs> it, it's insane. Uh, and, you know, uh, as, as grumpy as I can be, the you know the gratefulness uh, certainly extends to you know Hits Nation for for supporting this because we're three years in now and uh, you know no sign of stopping. That's no, for sure. No. That it's uh, we're as good as I think it's I think it's as good as it's ever been and probably going to get better. My and my final question for you is going to be like all the stuff we just talked about. Does that give you the perspective on? Like the tough days are on the weird days. Yeah, I mean, in those moments, no, probably. <laughs> but in the in the bigger picture, yeah. I said to you the other day, we were driving out of here, and I don't know if we had like a, a shitty show or somebody made a decision we didn't agree with or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it was probably a shitty comment came in. Yeah, some, some, something like that, whatever it was, right? And I said, you know, the, like however this goes and whatever, you know, whatever this sucks out of you, because it does take a lot of your mental health and acuity. Um I never go to sleep dreading getting up. Yeah. Which is invaluable. Like yeah. it's just you can't put a can't put a number on that because for years and years and years I hated what I did for a living. And I don't mean just like, oh, I didn't like going to I mean like I would go to bed on the break of tears. I hated doing what I was doing yeah. so much. So that to me is what I try and think of is you know, we we work the hours we do, we put a lot into it, we get a lot out of it. But I never go to bed dreading what I have to do the next day, which is remarkable because that was not the case for so long. If it's possible, and it isn't possible, unfortunately, for everybody, but if you ever have a chance, and I've actually talked about this with Hits Nation members, if you ever have a chance where you're like, ooh, this job, maybe I got to take a little less, but I think it could lead me to really enjoying Mm -hmm. what I do, if it's possible – 
man, it's invaluable. Yeah. And I, I hope that for everybody. Yeah. You know same, I mean? And same thing we talk about. There's a guy who t- talked to us a while ago. He's like, I don't know. I got this job in, where is he? It was in, a, is it Lake Louise? Yeah. In yeah. Alberta, right? I just go. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Worst that happens, you have to come back. Who knows what? And who? And who? And who knows what the what the top end is? Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Take those chances, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I could continue to interview you, ah, and, that's and maybe uh, you know, <laughs> next time around. But I got I got more I want to dive into. Well, I, now I got questions for you for our next episode. However, yeah? though, yeah, I want to get into something that Hits okay. Nation has been prying at us to get <laughs> into. I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, they've been prying. You, yeah, you know, if you're ready to talk about it, I think we should talk. I, about I it. I am. And do we call the podcast the next podcast Daddy Issues? Is that <laughs> yeah, what we I call? We do it, yeah. <laughs> Episode two will be out Thursday. All right. We're going to call it Daddy Issues. Appreciate it, Hits Nation. Have a great rest of your day.